Hey, welcome to our podcast. I'm Phil Stringer, worship and creative arts pastor at Calvary Church. We hope you'll find something every week that inspires you and encourages you in your faith. You can subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen so that you'll never miss an update. Hope you enjoy the message. Could we express our appreciation for our wonderful presentation this morning? Luke chapter 2, verse 1 through 7, describe what you just saw, the Christmas story. That passage in a nutshell describes all the events that happened. It's one of the most uh, well-read passages of Scripture in all the Bible. The author, Luke, was a physician. And he's a man who went through great detail to give us the details about the historic facts of the day in which they lived. He's careful to give us details. The historic accuracy of this, this is not once upon a time. This that you just saw is an accurate portrayal of historic events that took place in this moment, in this time in the world. In fact, Luke chapter 2 tells us that that this is the first time that taxation had taken place in the Roman Empire. The census that took place at this moment would be repeated now every 14 years for the people that lived in that world. And Luke is trying to communicate something to us here. He is saying, I want you to know this is something that happened in a real world. People were taxed not only monetarily, but they were being taxed by oppression. The Jewish people living under Roman authority and Roman oppression. Taxation describes more than a financial situation. There are two phrases in this Christmas story that I want to take a few moments with you to talk about today. The first one there in verse 1, and all the world should be taxed. The second phrase is found in verse 6. The days were accomplished that she should be delivered. Those two phrases are important for us. All the world should be taxed. I want you to grasp a texture of the moment, of the times in which the Christmas story comes to us. People were living under oppression. They had to travel to their place of ancestry and they had to be there in person. Both Mary and Joseph were required to go. It was about 100 to 120 miles south from Bethlehem to Nazareth. Luke says the reason for going to Bethlehem was because Mary and Joseph were both of the house and lineage of David, and that's where they were required to go. Imagine Joseph just coming into the house after hearing the word from the marketplace. Honey, there's going to be a census and and everyone will be required to go to that place of ancestry and be accounted for. Mary says, well, you know, after the baby's born, we'll be happy to, you know, take that little trip down to Bethlehem. And Joseph says, Mary, I don't think you understand. This is the date that we have to go. It's not an option. It's not something we can decide on. The fact of the matter is, we're going to have to leave in about two days if we're going to get there in time. We've been told that this is the time. You know, 
we look at this beautiful Christmas story and we see the Christmas cards with this beautiful lady on a donkey with a well-dressed man beside her. But we don't see a lady perspiring with stringy hair and all that really happened. Mary, on this trip, eight and a half months pregnant now, and I can see Mary going back into her room and, and thinking to herself, why is this happening now? This is not the right time. This is not the place and the time. I was just down there for, with Elizabeth. You know, if God is in me, why couldn't he have told me, just stay here, honey, because you're going to have to come back soon. But no, here we are. And now I've got another 100, 120 mile trip. How many have ever been in those kind of mo mo moments, those kind of feelings? You know, if, if God's really in me, why are we having all this trouble? If I'm really, really walking with God, why is this difficulty happening? Why am I having these challenges? Why is all this thing happening? This doesn't make sense. It doesn't matter that I just was down there. I just don't understand all the things that are going on here. And you can see Mary starting to question that situation. The taxation, the, the, all the things that don't happen at the right time, just, it just doesn't seem like, you know, if God is in me, this should be happening the way it's happening. And all of us have had those kind of moments. There has to come that sense of protest in Mary. I don't have to do what the Romans say. Why is this happening? This is not working. I just cannot imagine Mary responding saying, well, you know, what a super trip and just in time for Christmas with the family. On the way down to Bethlehem, they surely stopped at the house of, Le of Zechariah and Elizabeth. And Mary is kind of whining about this whole deal. Don't sit there so pious. You've been whining too. Has anybody whined in the last 10 months? Six of you? I'll raise both my hands. And Mary is whining and complaining about this, and, and Zechariah says, wait a minute, honey. Why are you complaining about this? And on Zechariah, he gets out the scrolls, and he shows her in the Bible, the scripture, where it says that the Messiah is to be born in Bethlehem. And so, you know, Zechariah saying, Mary, you know, stop your complaining. You just need to understand the Messiah is supposed to be born in Bethlehem. Mary said, I don't care if it's Pittsburgh. I just want this over. All of us during the last 10 or 12 months are, are faced these kind of thoughts and these kind of emotions. I don't understand this. This doesn't make sense. I'm, you know, I'm tired of wearing a mask. I had a lady tell me recently, I look better in a mask. I got hurt your feelings. All of us have faced the taxation issues. It's scriptural. This is great. This is tough, but it's taxing. It's not what we planned on. It's not what we desire. And at the very time the world was being taxed and requiring their citizens, the, the oppression that was becoming greater, God says, that's enough. It's time for my son to come. Aren't you grateful that God doesn't let circumstances decide when he does something? Aren't you, 
Is anybody here grateful that, that God doesn't let the circumstances or the situations or whatever it is we're facing or going through hinder his ability to step into the middle of those situations and those taxing things that happen to all of us and say, you know what, you're not alone in this. I'm with you. I'm walking with you. Looks like nothing of God's purposes is happening and yet God's still working. All of those things are part of what happened when Christmas comes. All the world should be taxed. The other phrase here is the days were completed for her to be delivered. You see, here's the deal about the trip. This is not your average Holy Land trip, okay? This is a woman eight and a half months pregnant that's now having to take a 100 to 120 mile trip back to Bethlehem. And I can tell you it wasn't easy. It was uphill to Jerusalem. And they're on this journey. I, I, talk, I call it the camel ride. I don't know if you've ever been, uh, been to, to the Holy Land, but uh, Jericho's the place where they let you ride on camels. We know camels were built by a committee. That's why there's two humps. And if you know anything about camels, they, if they turn around and, and breathe in your face, then the trip gets easier because then you're comatose. So here's Mary and Joseph on the trip. It's not fun. It's not enjoyable. You don't get to stop at Starbucks along the journey. Whatever you brought with you is what you've got to have for that 100, 120 mile trip. It's the camel ride. And that's where some people lose heart. That's where some people lose patience. That's where some people let depression take over. It's the camel ride. When you're going through difficulty, when you're going through challenging times, when you're going through situations that don't make sense and don't add up. But here's what God wants you to know this morning, friends. You may be on that ride, that camel ride, that journey, that trip, but keep moving forward. Keep moving forward because at the end of this trip, there's a glorious thing going to happen. There's a birth that's going to happen. The glory of God is going to be there and there's going to be breakthrough at the end of the ride. There's a miracle. There's a miracle breakthrough coming. The only way we can endure the difficulties and the hardships is to know that there's a God who is with us, who is walking with us, and that everything that he does leads us into something that's greater, more powerful, and better. I came today to say to everybody on the camel ride, keep on moving because there's something at the end of that ride that makes it worth the trip. There's a word there, genomai. It's the word that means creating things, bringing things into being. And the Lord wants to say to people all over this room this morning that at the end of this ride, there are things that he, by his creative power, is able to do.
There's things that he is, desires to do that's beyond your ability. That's beyond anything you could ever think. Because when you get to the end of that ride, the angels are there. The glory of God is present. The wise men come. The shepherds are present. And that baby born in Bethlehem's manger is the savior of the world. That baby is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That baby, one day every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that he, Jesus Christ, is the King of kings and Lord of lords in this world. We know how this is going to end. Aren't you grateful there's no election tied to this? Aren't you grateful that we don't get to vote on it? It's already been decided. Jesus is going to reign forever, King of kings and Lord of lords. But that baby born in Bethlehem's manger came to change the world. By his creative power, God became man and dwelt among us. Emmanuel, that we just sang about, God with us. But when you're walking on that journey, you ask yourself, why are the circumstances taking place the way they are? Why is this happening now? This timing is not right. This is not what I planned. This is not what I wanted. When your back hurts and you're halfway between Bethlehem and Nazareth, you can't see the stars and the shepherds and the glory and the angels, the Lord says, keep on moving. Keep on moving. Turn to say, say that to somebody. Keep on moving. Keep on moving. Keep on moving. Because good things are coming. I said good things are coming. It's more than a vaccine. I said good things are coming. For every one of us, there's that trip to Bethlehem. I don't know where you're at today. I don't know what you're walking through. But all of us are on a journey right now. Some of us different than others. Some of us in financial crisis. Some of us in physical crisis. Some of us who've lost loved ones. I lost my own mom during the middle of this crisis. We have all faced something and things that just don't dictate to us that anything good is coming. But I came today to tell you, keep on moving forward. There's a birth of a Christ child and a miracle that's at the end of this ride. His name is Jesus. I said his name is Jesus. Deborah Spurgeon had a beautiful baby girl one day, the love of her life. A precious little girl, so innocent, and she was so beautiful. And Deborah describes the events that took place in her own life when she said by the time that Linda, his, her daughter, was eight to ten years of age, she noticed that there were some, some issues that she had. And she said by the time she was 13 or 14, this little innocent girl was in a state of rebellion against her, her parents and against everything that Deborah believed. At 16, she ran away from home. And Deborah Spurgeon lost touch with her. Even though she searched for her and looked for her for almost two years. 
The news finally came one night when the police called Deborah Spurgeon and said, your daughter has been found in the bathroom in a hotel room in New York City, overdosed on heroin. And Deborah Spurgeon said, my world came to an end. She said, the pain was more than I could bear. This is not what I thought could happen or would happen. She said, I became a recluse. I, I've been shut myself off from everybody in the world. But she said about three years later, I was invited to a Christmas party in the complex that I lived in. She said, I'd, been, I'd turned it down every year. I don't wanna go, I don't wanna see people. I don't wanna be with anybody. But she made a decision just to slip into the back of the room where the party was being held. And she sat right behind a mom with a little baby girl. And as she sat there, that little baby girl over her mom's shoulders just began to smile at Deborah. Deborah said, I reached out and, and touched her her hand. She reminded me so much of my daughter, so beautiful and so innocent. When we had a chance to stand and socialize for a moment, I, I said to, to her mom, would you mind if I, I held her? And the mama said, sure. And she said, I took that baby in my arms. And as I embraced that precious little girl, something began to happen inside of me in that moment. She said, for the first time, I began to cry. For the first time, I began to feel the pain subside. She said, I held that little girl so close to me for just that moment before I had to give her back to her mom. She said, something happened inside of me in that moment. She said, that moment changed my life. And I thought, oh, how appropriate it is on this Christmas season that some of us who have been through challenges and difficulty, some of us have been through hard places like Deborah Spurgeon. I'm asking you this morning to embrace that baby. I'm asking you today to embrace that Christ child. Because the only way you're going to get relief from pain is by Jesus touching you. By embracing Him whom to know is life eternal. By embracing Him who is the life giver, who is the healer, who is the one who can transform your life? I'm asking you today, here, beyond the walls of this room, would you embrace that baby this morning? And if you will, you'll begin to feel the difference he can make in your life. All over this room today and beyond the walls of this place, 
There are people who desperately need to embrace this Christ child today. You need to reach your arms around him and, and ask him to touch your life and change it and minister life and healing and wholeness to you. In these final moments this morning, I wanna pray for people here in this room and beyond the walls of this place. We'd say, Ron, I'm here today and I need to experience that life. I've got so much hurt and pain and brokenness in my life. I came here to tell you that the baby of Bethlehem's manger is the only one who can heal your hurt. He's the only one that can forgive you of your past. He's the only one that can give you hope for tomorrow. He is the way, he is the truth, he is life. He's prepared to meet you today, to touch your life. Would you bow your head with me here in the house for a moment? And for those beyond the walls of this room, the Bible says, if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and who he is and believe in our heart that he not only came in Bethlehem's manger, but he gave his life 33 years later on a cross so that you could be free, you could be forgiven, you could have hope. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. None of us can ever make it in our own merits. Jesus is the only one who ch could change our lives. And this morning, I wanna pray for people here and beyond the walls of this room and just say, Ron, I'm here today and I'm at home today, but I'm listening right now. I'm inviting Jesus to touch my life and change it today. In the house with our heads bowed in this moment, I'm gonna pray. But I'm gonna ask for those of you that are here in this room, just say, Ron, you've been talking about me. I need Jesus to touch my life and change it. I need him to heal me, my hurts, my brokenness from my past. And what I'm experiencing even now in the midst of this pandemic, Ron, would you include me in that prayer? I need Jesus to touch my life and change it. If that's you, heads bowed, it's me and you. Would you just raise a hand and say, include me in that prayer, Ron. I need God to do that work in my life. Just, that's right, yes. Don't be ashamed or embarrassed, just to raise it and say, that's me. Include me in that prayer today. Wherever you're at, all over the room, yes, hands going up. And, and beyond the walls of this room, where in your living room or your kitchen, as it were, you're raising your hand to say, include me in that prayer, Ron. We're gonna to pray together in the next few moments. But I'm gonna ask you to do one further thing for me. Just, if you meant business when you raised your hand, would you just quietly stand right where you're at? I'm gonna pray for you right where you are. But by standing, you're saying, Ron, I meant business when I raised my hand. And I'm gonna believe with you as you pray for me in the next few moments. If you listen, just quietly just stand right where you're at. Don't be embarrassed or ashamed. Just make your stand for Jesus right now. All over the room, yes, 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 yes. He died for you, you can stand for him in this moment. I'm waiting just for others right now. That's right, all over the room. Include me in that prayer, Ron. You're standing saying, I mean business with God right now. That's right, that's right. I wait just another second. People are standing across the room and there are people beyond the walls of this place right now that are, that are standing right where you're at. We're gonna to pray together, we're gonna to believe together. And I'm gonna ask you, those that are standing to pray this prayer with me and those that are seated who, who know you and uh, know God and know you and, and love Jesus, they're gonna pray that prayer in agreement with you in the next few moments. 
Let's pray together. Let's pray it together. Dear Jesus, I try to open up, I open my heart. I open my heart to you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for touching my life. I invite you to come into my life today. Change my heart. Forgive me of my past. I choose today to walk with you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for touching me. I receive you today into my heart and into my life. From this day forward, I choose to walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Would you stand with me all over the room and let's just give God praise in the house. Come on, everybody's standing all over the room. Come on, let's just give the Lord praise. That's right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says the angels in heaven rejoice over one person. Could we just join the angels and thank God for several right here in the room and people beyond the walls today who are inviting Jesus into their lives. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. For those of you who prayed that prayer with me, Pastor G's standing right back here. And he has some material he wants to put in your hands, a Bible he wants to give you as our gift today. If you made that decision to follow Jesus. So as we, we dismiss in this few moments, just move toward him and he will, will take care of getting you what, what you need to help you begin and walk with Jesus. Those of you who prayed that prayer with me beyond the walls of this place, would you just, would you just chat to our host, hostess there on, online and just tell them, today I invited Jesus into my life. Just go ahead and tell them online that that's what you did. And they're gonna make sure you get the same material we're giving to people right here in the room this morning. Aren't you grateful for Jesus? Hallelujah, hallelujah. The Lord, we celebrate the miracle of your birth in Bethlehem's manger. We thank you, Lord, for the incredible team, Pastor Phil and all the team today who, who just so powerfully ministered to us. And we thank you for your word that gives life. Lord, I pray your blessing upon each one today as we walk from this house. May this Christmas in the face of this COVID, this pandemic, still be one of the best Christmases we've ever known because the Christ of Christmas is with us. We give you thanks and praise for it. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people said amen. 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 Merry Christmas, everybody. God bless you.